Hello and welcome to another edition of Save Station Report, where we will be discussing the games we've been playing recently, talk about news stories such as PlayStation publishing a brand new AAA video game, the Nintendo Indie Showcase that happened recently, and much more, plus our review of Very Little Nightmares. I am your host, Dustin, and with me as always, my co-host, Connor. Hello there. Hi, how are you doing today? I'm doing pretty good. Nice. It's it's. I think this is going to be a good one. We got stuff to talk about. Uh, some very good news, particularly if you've listened to the last episode of this. <laughs> and yeah, so let's dive into what we've been playing. You have an update on Danganronpa. Yeah. Um, last time I believe I mentioned I was playing Danganronpa V three. I uh, just wanted to update. I have finished that now, and I have to say it's probably my favorite game in the series. <laughs> Cool. Uh, I've only played. I, I just finished it for the first time. I've played the other games a couple times, so we'll see how it kind of stacks up on a replay. But um, impressions were pretty high. I know the ending was kind of controversial among fans, but I really enjoyed it. And uh, I think it was mainly just like the character writing was super strong um, compared to some of the other ones. So yeah, uh, I know I was kind of just iffy on making sure that it stuck the landing, and I think it really did. Right, and if people didn't listen last week uh, and don't know the Danganronpa series, those are visual novels, correct? Yes, they're visual novel, adventure game elements, pseudo detective, pseudo dating sim games. Okay, cool, cool. Well, um, uh, what about Persona Five? What's what's up with that? Yeah, so this was um, one that I was kind of looking into because I heard good things about it. It was on the PS Plus collection, and I'm like, ah, sure, I'll give it a shot. I didn't want to start it until after I finished Danganronpa, so here we are. Um, Persona 5 is actually... I'm quite enjoying it. I'm not playing Royal, for the record. I know that's like the updated version, has some balance changes and added modes, but I didn't want to buy the game again. It was free on PS Plus, so there we go. Uh, I'm super enjoying it. I started playing it on hard mode. Uh, the battle system is can be quite complicated and intricate, which is kind of what I like in a rpg like this you know you kind of have to think a couple turns ahead and plan out your moves and um there's still that element of luck in it so it's things can go wrong and you have to recover from that which i kind of like so yeah gameplay super solid uh characters are great which is what i look for in an rpg um the sort of like daily life hanging out at school stuff i'm not wild about but i knew that going in so it's like, okay, I'll do the gameplay stuff, the RPG stuff, and then kind of wait until I can go on with the rest of the story. It's not all bad, but like, I can, me personally, I find it kind of just be filler, but uh, I know people are mm. into that. So yeah, super good. Um, only about like 20, 30 hours in. I know it's going to be a long one, but um, yep. impressions are positive right off the bat. Nice. That's what I've been meaning to get to. Um, it's it sucks because Persona Four is honestly the game that like turned me off of turn based RPGs in general. So it's one of those things where I'm like, oh, I don't want to because Persona Four like I just got stuck in that game and it was frustrating. So yeah, but, um, Five know, is interesting because the Persona games, as far as I understand, all of the main areas were like these randomized dungeon crawling sections. 
Yes. Um, Persona 5 ditches that, so all of the main dungeons are actually, like, planned out. They have a set map and scripted, like, paths and stuff, um, which I like. There's also, like, a light element of stealth. Um, you can, like, hide behind mm. objects to get the jump on enemies. Uh, the only randomized dungeon is, like, this um, optional... Not optional, because it becomes mandatory towards the end of the game, but, like, the side modes that called mementos which is also the smash Brothers stage uh that's the only area that's randomized but the main like dungeons are set so if that was something that kind of bothered you then that's changed cool yeah especially since it's free i might i might dive into it um but i do have an update on immortals phoenix rising which i talked about probably about a month ago i've completed that game i really enjoyed it had a lot of fun with it um it's one of those right time like place games where like I wouldn't say that it's like a ten out of ten or anything, but it is quite good. Um, I really liked the tone of it. I don't know if I could comment on because it, it's like throwing jokes at you left and right. I honestly, this is what I would describe as a podcast game, <laughs> and I know that sounds derogatory, but for me, it's like what I wanted and needed—just something I could chill and play and listen to a podcast, and I wasn't going to push back too hard. Um, and it was that for me, so I couldn't. I can't really comment on the writing too much because I really wasn't listening to it. But the gameplay was—I really enjoyed the game. I think it's beautiful. It's so colorful, and I really appreciated that. Um, the only problem I have with it is the trophy list. I think sucks because I was like looking into platinuming it, and it's deceptive. It looks like it's an easy platinum on the surface, but when you actually get down to it, it's basically going to force you to do everything, which kind of bummed me out. So. Probably no platinum in that for me, but the core game, I enjoyed it quite a bit. Um, and I stand by what I said the other week where I was like, it feels like like a really accessible version of Breath of the Wild, if that's your thing. Like, it has a lot of those same systems, but also, like, it cuts some of the more complicated stuff, like cooking and things like that. You don't really need to worry about, so... Yeah, if that sounds like your thing, it's, it's a fun little game. Yeah, and we didn't put it in the news, but wasn't there just a trailer for the new DLC for it? Yeah, the DLC looks cool, and I, I I'll might check that out. There's a couple of things. The big one right now, um, there's a like a Chinese mythology version of the game that like gives you like a, like it's a it's I, I don't know it's like a new island with a new character. Um, I think specifically Ubisoft Shanghai made it. And it's something they were passionate about, I remember reading. Like, it wasn't a thing that was originally planned. But since they were doing this Greek mythology thing, they thought they could jump on that. So that sounds really cool. I'm really curious about that and probably will give that a shot one of these days. Um, yeah, I don't know. That game. That game's cool. I hope we see more of it. I think it's a great foundation for more. So Nice. Um, I'm glad to hear that because from the surface, it looks like just a either another open world game or just a shameless breath of the wild clone but it seems to be more than that and that's good to hear yeah i think it's i think it's good and um you know it is one of those things if you are expecting breath of the wild i would say to temper your expectations a bit it's not as systems heavy as that game ironically considering they make far cry and stuff like that but like it, it, it does feel like an accessible open world action game which is nice um and pleasant and also it's nice to play a game that isn't death and destruction always yes of course um i want to hear about the pathless a game that honestly has a very similar aesthetic to breath of the wild and immortals like i feel like those three games you could glance at and be like which one is which you know 
Yeah, just a quick glance about them. Uh, the Pathless, I actually... Uh, if you follow me on Twitter, you know that we went to our game sh- shop uh, that's not that's pretty far away from our house. Uh, this was one that I was like, eh, sure, I don't really have PS5 exclusive games right now, so I'll pick this up. Uh, I'm quite enjoying it. It's fairly simple. You know, it's got just a handful of mechanics, but it uses them in such a way where the handful of mechanics lead to just really fluid motion, so you feel it's really satisfying to like move quickly in that game which i'm a big fan of uh it has a very similar like vibe to like a more action oriented version of journey if that kind of makes sense sure um it has the same composer as journey as well and the soundtrack is pretty great um yeah i haven't played a whole lot of it but it's it's pretty fun it's nice to see a game that just kind of focuses on movement where you're like not expected to do these crazy stealth sections or these crazy platforming it's like okay if you could just move quickly and feel rewarded in the fact that you timed your button press as well then that's all that is really going for it so yeah uh super fun i'm enjoying it so far cool that's definitely one i want to pick up in the future um so the hype got to me guys the hype got to me for resident evil like i have not been feeling it for Resident Evil 8 so much. Like, I've been excited, but not really, like, thinking about it. But since they've done these, like, showcases and all that, like, they have just a bunch of opportunities to play and see that game, it, it's just got me, like, I really want to play that game. And since it's... Like, they put out a demo, and honestly, I could have played that for this, but I didn't really feel like doing that because I want to play that game, and I feel like, A, the demo was confusing. It was, like, you could only play it for eight hours in an eight-hour window for like half an hour i don't know it was it was just it was it was confusing enough that i was like i don't really want to deal with this and i just want to play the game anyway so why spoil myself on it uh but because resident evil 8 or resident evil village seems to be taking a lot of cues and homages to resident evil 4 i thought i would boot up that game and my intention was to just kind of play the first hour of it just to be like oh yeah this game uh, i haven't played it in a very long time i played it for the first time when it came to 360 forever ago that was my first time experience with it. Uh, that game is really good. <laughs> and I've played a lot more of it than I was expecting to. Similar to how when I played the Ratchet & Clank reboot for this podcast, I was just going to test it out and then I ended up playing the whole thing. I'm about halfway through RE4. And yeah, that game is that game is so much fun. <laughs> like, It's combat sandbox holds up so well. Um, there's so many just little things you can do in it that like really enable a creativity to the shooting. Um even simple stuff like where you hit a zombie. I know they're not technically zombies, but whatever. Where you are you where you hit them on their body, their animations will react differently. So you could like shoot a zombie in the knee and they'll fall over, um, or you know shoot them in the head or shoot them in the stomach, and they'll have different animations for that. And it's strategically different no matter what you do. A lot of them will be carrying weapons, and you could shoot them out of their hands. Like it works so well for that. Um, and I think that it's it's very smart in a lot of ways. Uh, very dumb in a lot of ways too a lot of fun ways typically i think the writing in that game is like stupid on a really fun level um a lot of just corny dialogue and shit uh yeah that game's great it if you do plan to play it for the first time which i do recommend i will be be forewarned here it doesn't like you're you're gonna spend the first hour or so confused by the controls um specifically the camera control 
when you aren't aiming down the sights, the camera control kind of works like it does in a racing game, where if you turn the camera stick to the left and right, the camera will just swing all the way 90 degrees to that side instead of doing a fluid, slow movement, which is disorientating, and it's going to take some getting used to. Um, when you're aiming down sights, it works how you expect it, but yeah, that that's definitely a problem with that game. There are some design issues around tutorializing that I think are confusing and weird. Um, it does one of those bad things where it actually has you pick up a, like a thing that's called play manual or whatever, so you're just reading how to play, which is dumb um, and not super well designed. And yeah, but yeah, I really do like that game. And it's so interesting how many little secrets and how many little ways you can optimize a playthrough in that game. Um, I may not have played it for a while, or I mean, for a long time since I first played it, but I've watched speedruns and let's plays and stuff of that game in the interim time, and so like remembering like little tricks you can do like for example if you throw a flashbang and there are birds they explode into money <laughs> <laughs> i love so that it's so great there's one part i forgot if i posted this clip or not i might post it later but there's one part where you'll find like a circle of like 10 or 15 birds and they'll just just explode it's so silly um lots of little trinkets and treasures you can find to get more money lots of stuff that you can get that you can combine with other treasures to make even more um, which if you don't know about, you could, you know, potentially be losing out on profits. I don't know. That game is just fun. Like, it, it really does nail the sense of fun. Now, I will say I am nearing the second half, and I do remember that being worse than the first half from my first playthrough. I don't know yet, but we'll get there. I have Ashley, so I have entered the escort mission sections of that game. But, yeah, so far, having a great time with it. And for the record, which vid- which version are you playing? the ps4 version which i bought when it came out and never played it which by the way i want a platform sony when you're updating your ps5 um and honestly ps4 this was a problem back then too let us search in our game libraries please in the games we own sort and then scroll and yeah it is so inconvenient and I know that this is the most first-world-ass problem in the world, but as somebody who's had a who had a PlayStation 4 at launch and PlayStation Plus, I have so many games just that I've redeemed over time. Like, it's hundreds. So sorting through that list is kind of... It's just so frustrating. <laughs> um, it's actually easier to go to the store and then search for the game you want to play that you've purchased and just play it from there. <laughs> that's annoying that you could do it that way yeah they have a search function just not for you just not in the library which is which is dumb yeah the way you sort games in that game in that system just it's weird it doesn't work and i did check the xbox does have one so come on get it Um, together yeah re4 is one that i've definitely had my eyes on i own the wii version so maybe sometime soon i'll boot that up and play it yeah, lots of lots of fans say that that's the best version. I yeah, don't know, that's what but... I hear. That uh, sort of like aiming with the Wiimote, leading to that precise like hitting specific parts. I feel like the Wiimote could really add to that. So, yeah, I might. Yeah, give and that I a could shot. see that because it doesn't give you a traditional reticle. It has a laser sight, so it can be a bit finicky <laughs> to know where you're aiming. So I, I could see that motion controls actually enhancing the experience there. Um, yeah. Good, great game. I'm really enjoying it so far. How 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 are you getting on with Oddworld? 
With Oddworld, I have not gone back to it yet. I got sucked oh, into I'm, other I things. Apologize. That's not what's on your list. Castlevania's on your list. Yeah, I jumped jumped ship to a different platformer, the <laughs> a different adventure action platformer. Yeah, this was one I also picked up at the game shop. It's one that's on my radar. It's uh, Castlevania Order of Ecclesia, the one of the three for the DS. Now, uh, is this the version of the game that has the box art? <laughs> no, twice? that would. That's Dawn of Sorrow, and God, I hate that box art so much. <laughs> it's amazing. It is one of the best examples of just cheap ass. Like, here's like, the box art. It's through? a photograph of the box, the old box, oh not this God, one. That's amazing, and it's not like clever. Like, it's just it's clearly a mistake. <laughs> yeah, uh, there's some 360 games that do that too, which I find hilarious. Yeah, no, absolutely. this I just bought a cartridge of it because. Uh, if you know anything about the DS Castlevania games, they're really expensive, especially with the box and manual. Uh, so I just got the cartridge, but yeah, Order of Ecclesia, I'm having a lot of fun with it. There's a sense of, with all the DS games, they feel very much like they're taking after Symphony of the Night, but not directly. Like, there's a lot of reused sprites for enemies from Symphony of the Night, or maybe they're just re the same exact design. It seems like they're the same sprite, though. Um, you have the same sort of like two-handed system where you can equip different weapons to each hand and they correspond to a button. Uh, thankfully, the potions aren't something you have to equip to your hand to use. I found that so annoying in Symphony of the Night. Uh, yeah, it's cool because uh, for being a handheld game, Order of Ecclesia does this really well where it still keeps that sort of Metroidvania style to it, but it's a lot more level-based so each level is like a very small, condensed Metroidvania-style area. So there'll huh. be little offshoots that you can't quite get to yet, but you can always come back to that area later. Uh, but you'll just go, and then you'll get to the end of the level, and it'll unlock the next one. So it kind of straddles the line between classic Castlevania level progression and Metroidvania-styled, um, which is pretty interesting. So, yeah, I'm, I'm enjoying it so far. Cool. Uh, since I did bring it up on accident, how, you you have fallen off of Oddworld? Yeah, that's one I'll go back to eventually. I just, uh, I tend to do, like, one game per platform, <laughs> and Oddworld being on the PS5, and also Persona 5 being on the PS5, and also Danganronpa being on the PS... It's like, okay, I'll just, uh, I'll come back to this later. Yeah, it is easy to get overwhelmed. Um, nice, well, let's let's talk about some some current events you i don't know anything about this series what's up with ace attorney yeah this was a huge announcement this past week um this is the great ace attorney chronicles um this was announced a few this week i don't remember exactly when but it is slated to come out july 27th 2021 for the switch ps4 and xbox uh, only the Switch version's getting a physical version. The PS4 and Xbox are just digital only. Which, I mean, to Ace Attorney fans is not new because Ace Attorney 5 and 6, I don't think, had physical versions in the States anyway. So, whatever. Is that... is This, this is typically a Nintendo series. Is that the first time it's been on PlayStation No, I believe the, um, the remastered trilogy has been ported to, like, everything. Oh, cool. Okay. Um, at least I think so. The 
but this one is the great ace attorney and these were two japanese exclusive ace attorney games that follow phoenix wright's ancestor in like i believe like the 17 1800s hmm. um and he is starting his like uh investigation and legal battles and whatnot so there was two of them there was um i can't remember the subtitles of them they were in japanese but now they have english names uh so this is just both of them in one package they're fully translated and localized finally uh, and they'll be releasing for those platforms the big thing that i i'm pretty sure was the thing keeping it from being localized because these were originally for the 3ds uh, I think the original issue with localizing them was one of the characters is Sherlock Holmes. <laughs> like, Sherlock Holmes is the detective that helps you find clues for your cases. But when you're localizing it, you can't call him Sherlock Holmes because the Conan Arthur Conan Doyle estate has copyright over that. Oh. Um, I didn't realize that. I thought... I don't know why I thought that was like a public domain thing, but I don't. I mean, it seems old enough that they should just yeah, you, ditch you it, but think. whatever. Um, so their literal solution to this, and I find this so funny, is they just renamed him Herlock Sholmes. Sold. <laughs> Sold. So it's Herlock in, Sholmes conducting <laughs> consulting yeah. detective. I love that so much. It's so <laughs> dumb. That is the dumbest thing possible. It's great. Well, and uh, I was looking this up and I was kind of following. There was actually a book published not too long after, like, the original Sherlock Holmes stories. And it was uh, Arsene Lupin, and the, who was, like, the great thief. And it was some versus Sherlock Holmes, but that was, like, the first thing to get copyright claimed by it. So then they republished it and renamed it Herlock Sholmes and got past it. And this was like back when the story was new still. So, uh, yeah, so it's not Wild. Sherlock Holmes anymore. It's Herlock Sholmes. And I can't believe they didn't think of that earlier. But that is on the level are. of like those shitty like transmorphers. <laughs> Atlantic Rim. Yeah, that kind of stuff. Yeah, that's great. I love that so much. I... On a side note, how sad is the Sherlock Holmes story? <laughs> of like, was it Arthur Conan Doyle? He was like sick of writing Sherlock Holmes, so he killed him off. But the fans were so shitty, he had to bring them back. <laughs> I haven't heard about that. Have you ever but... thought about? That? Oh yeah, <laughs> like I, maybe that's not entirely true. I'm not sure. This is what we learned about in school or whatever. But I guess he was just sick of writing about Sherlock Holmes, and all he wanted to do was write about other stuff, and people would not let him. Oh, that's a bummer. It's such a bummer. And he was like, he wanted to kill off that character in popular culture and just couldn't do it. And why is he not public domain to just let other people write it? I don't know. Yeah, whatever. But it gives it us Herlock Sholmes, so here we are. Yeah. This is better, honestly. This is a better outcome. <laughs> um, that's awesome. Uh, this not strictly news, but I wanted to, to, to you know, put it on people's radar because this came across my Twitter feed and I think this looks awesome. Uh, Necromunda Hired Gun. Uh, it's a it, specifically it was a trailer called Enter the Hive that I saw but it's been around for a while it's been announced for a while it is a first person shooter set in the Warhammer 40k universe uh, which I am not familiar with so I cannot tell you if this looks like it's um, you know like 
respectful of that or not. I have no idea. From but, what I saw, what just a cursory Google of it, Necromunda seems to be a spin-off game of Warhammer 40k, so it has its own like universe instead of rules, but huh. still uses the same for like the tabletop game Necromunda still has the same uh war game style and it's by the same company, of course. So I don't know if it has direct lore tie-ins, but it or if it's like a completely separate universe, but this one's following specifically Necromunda and the Hive. Yeah. Um, the, the Underhive. So, so what this is, it's a first-person shooter that looks awesome. Like, it looks super fast-paced. It looks like it's got the speed of Doom with maybe the sort of um, right trigger, left trigger, right trigger, like, zoom-in headshot stuff of Call of Duty. It looks rad. I'm super into it. Uh, it's got a really cool style. Um, again, don't know anything about the 40k universe at all, but uh, I'm into the sort of fantasy aspect, um, this sort of like underhive, like gross mining, like community thing. It it looks really cool. I'm definitely one to keep on your radar. It's out June 1st for digital, and then it's getting a physical release on the 30th, June 30th. So, just just one I thought I'd mention because it looks neat. Yeah, uh, it's also being published by Focus Interactive, which. I don't know much about, but that name they, was. They've done a couple of cool things. They did um, uh, what is it called? A Plague Tale Innocence, which is okay. a really neat game. Um, the main reason they've been on my radar was uh, they published Hard Space Shipbreakers. Yeah, they've they're kind of Annapurna like in the sense that they're they're looking for smaller games. I, I guess they've they're dabbling into the more AAA looking stuff like this and a Plague Tale. Um, was very pretty, so yeah, definitely, definitely something to watch out for. Um, uh, you want to talk about Discord? Yeah, we're getting into more of the the news side, less game announcement side. But the um, we did get news. I pulled this from Wall Street Journal, but uh, Discord just ended negotiations for being bought out. We mentioned this on a previous one that they were considering, or at least in talks with Microsoft, for being bought by microsoft but they officially shot that down um i think they're like a publicly traded company now but they're not no they're going to be or they're going to be but they're not yeah. going to just straight out be bought by someone they yeah i think um, that's why all that. they can get more they think they're worth more and they can sell them for more um yeah that's interesting i you know i don't know who knows with that stuff what is a better outcome right um because sometimes companies IPO and then they become way worse. <laughs> yep, who's to say? But they won't be, at least for the foreseeable future, they won't be owned by anything. They'll still be their own thing. Yeah. Um, you know, Discord's a great service. We use it for this show. Um, I have recently made, made my work use it. <laughs> so a bunch of stuffy old education people. <laughs> I make use it to record so it, it's just a great platform and yeah i hope it stays strong um so why don't you tell me about the about microsoft working on a new windows store yeah this one i didn't know a whole lot about it just came across my radar um i pulled this story from the verge as well um again we leave links for all of these in the episode description um apparently they're working on making a new windows store for uh, windows 10 and this seems to from what i gathered seem to be more of just like a streamlined app store for windows so they would have their own 
like office products on there but then it would also allow for any uh, x86 apps so that could also include some uh, like tablet programs as well as some mobile apps to come to uh, pc and um, i think there was also some talks of bringing some of like the xbox like gaming stuff to it where there's like their pc storefront they just kind of making a little more streamlined that way so uh, if it opens up to more things coming to pc then great um, especially like mobile apps seeing sort of this like maybe higher quality version i'm all for that so yeah um they have a game pass specific app on for pc which i use um so i wonder i guess they could put individual games for sale on that store i guess they do have games for sale on their store actually now that i think about it um that store is not great so i'm glad yeah, to hear so that they're doing it overall. They're, they're completely revamping it and hopefully opening it up to more options yeah um and thanks to the verge for that reporting um yeah let's, we're, let's talk about the the recent nintendo indie showcase lots of cool announcements there um we are using an ign article um that kind of wrapped the whole thing up in a pretty nice little short digestible form so i don't know let's just um let's just run through some of these um the first thing they list oxen free to lost signals hell yeah I love the first Oxen Free. I'm so excited for this. Yeah, this was not um, one I've played yet, the first game, but uh, from what I see, it looks super cool. So honestly, just if it, even if it was just a new game from the same studio, I'd be excited. But seeing another thing set in that universe, or I don't know if it's the same characters, but I'm still all for that. Yeah, very very exciting. Um, uh, also in this presentation was Ali Ali World. They just really wanted to put Ali Ali and Oxenfree yeah. in the same. I was one. gonna get to that. Yes, I think it is bullshit. They did not put those games next to each other. Yes, somebody heads need to roll. Is all I'm saying. <laughs> Ali Ali like, Oxenfree, come on, indie. Um, next they have uh, Road ninety six. Looks just as great as it did the last time we saw it. Very excited for this one. Where did we see um, it? I was trying to remember. Was that in like a PlayStation Direct or an Xbox showcase? Uh, I, th- I think it was Game Awards. Oh, I think you're right, actually. Yeah, it's a narrative adventure game. Um, I don't think this write-up mentions it, but it's specifically from some of the lead creators of Valiant Hearts, which is very exciting to me because I love that game. Um, now, are you so sure? Because there's like six road trip games coming out. There are like six road trips. The other road trip game is the uh, the creators of Gone Home. So I have okay. not mixed that up. Okay, good. I'm <laughs> glad you didn't mix that up because I definitely would have. Yeah, there's a lot. There's the one from like former. Um, oh, what is it called? That they made the robot game. <laughs> yeah, whatever. Yeah, there's <laughs> one like, of the many robot games as well. There's like road trip games are the new indie hot shit. <laughs> Everybody wants to make a road trip game. Hey, I um, mean, if it works out, then I'm not against it. Yeah, this one's a little bit more actual action adventure-y. Um a little bit more like you know like it's you're a refugee escaping an occupied nation it seems like so a little bit more of a tense thing whereas the other ones look a little bit more contemplative from at least what uh, we can tell yeah um, well this one has like a ton of branching storylines so it seems like one that you'll play over and over again yeah it seems like they were kind of trying to bring the attitude of a roguelike to a narrative adventure game i'm really curious to see how that will work yeah that could be interesting um, yeah, of course, Ollie Ollie World, which you mentioned earlier, this looks fantastic. Um, I'm a big fan of Ollie Ollie 2. 
Uh, that came to PlayStation Plus forever ago, so you may have it if you claim those regularly. Uh, that game is amazing. Uh, this is this is a different style than that. That game was a sort of 2D pixel art game, whereas this one, it still looks like it operates on a 2D plane, but it's more cel-shaded 3D graphics. It looks phenomenal. I love the style. It is also a road trip game. <laughs> but you're not in a car. You're on a skateboard. <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah. Uh, very, very excited for that. Um, hindsight. This is a Annapurna joint, so probably be pretty good. <laughs> um, it's about an older woman uh, reminiscing about her family. Um, looks like it looks like an adventure game, but you know, I, I I couldn't really gather anything from the trailer except it looks cool. <laughs> you know, it's got a good good luck. Um, n- another yeah. Annapurna game, Last Stop. I- I think they announced Hindsight and Last Stop in, like, the same trailer-ish thing. Yeah, it was a little confusing. back-to-back. Last Uh, Stop looks awesome, though. Yeah, this one definitely looks pretty cool. Um, To me, it appeared to be more of a Telltale-style adventure game. Um, But this says third-person adventure game, which maybe means there's more direct control. I'm not sure. Um, Yeah, it's... It looks like it's got some supernatural elements. It looks cool, story based, into that. Uh, uh, yeah, the next one on the list was The Longing, which yes. I don't know if you've heard of this game before. The Longing. I have. Yeah. Uh, yeah, this is a wild one. The you play as like a little minion of a king who went to sleep, and the king is going to wake up in four hundred days. So the game takes place over four hundred IRL real world days. <laughs> Um, there's ways to speed that up by like having your little character read and then the clock goes a little bit faster, but, uh, yeah, walking is extremely slow and you're just kind of hanging out and waiting to see what you can find and poking around these caves until the king wakes up. Uh, I think it also has like fully transcribed versions of stuff like Moby Dick in it. So you could just sit and read that if you wanted to. So from what I've heard, cause this is out on PC. So if you want to play it now, you can, um, it seems like you can do things to speed up that time. Um, so, like, when you read or you've got a little, like, hub area that you can decorate, like, it'll give you multiplayers to the time. So, it's it doesn't actually have to be 400 IRL days. Um, or it can be. Like, there's a bunch of different ways to beat it, I guess, with a bunch of different endings, which is super cool. Um, the only thing that I looked at with this trailer that is kind of turning me off is the movement speed of the character. Yeah, it's extremely slow. Deliberately, yeah. but... Yeah, yeah, it's just, it's the one thing about it. I'm like, oh, this is a cool idea, but I don't know about this. But I don't know. We'll see. It it's it seems neat. Um, as 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 the next game, Aerial Knights Never Yield. Yeah, this game looks awesome. real cool. Two um, D platformer seems very music based. I'm not sure if it is rhythm if if it has to be a rhythm game or not. But it looks really visually inspired, and I'm totally into this one. I believe this is also out on PC, by the way. So, if you want to go that route, you can play it now. Um, also, I got a demo, too, that same day. Oh, I need to play that. Yeah, it's coming May 19th, too, so it's pretty soon. Um, This one. Fuck yeah. Aztec Forgotten Gods. It's a 3D action game. It's uh, visually, it reminded me a lot of, and I haven't played this game yet, so I can't say for sure, but of Blue Fire, that game, if you've seen that. 
um, where it's kind of behind the back 3D game, lots of platforming, wall running, all that stuff. Looks really cool. Um, lots of obviously Aztec inspired stuff. Um, by the way, it is spelled A Z T E C H, which is great Fantastic. and stupid in a good way. Yeah, uh, yeah this, this just a, looks cool. This is from an indie developer out of Mexico, which I'm. Yes. Are, either they're out of Mexico or they are just from Mexico originally. Uh, so it seems to have a lot of that, like, just um, mythology or cultural identity that they sort of grew up with put into this, like, um, weird cyberpunk, cybertech future uh, setting. And you fight the Aztec gods that are all robots now. And it looks fantastic. Um, looks like a game that's going to have a lot of air dashing. And yeah, yeah. it's extremely cool. Totally my shit. Really excited for that one. Very stylish. Um, there is no game Wrong Dimension, which I believe released same day. Um, I have not played this one yet. I want to because it very much looks like a WarioWare. I think it's a WarioWare. <laughs> <laughs> this might be a WarioWare. This might be a WarioWare. Uh, it's a point-and-click comedy as adventure is how they describe it. Um, looks like it goes through a bunch of different game styles and it looks interesting. I'm, it's definitely something I might consider picking up later. Um, Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles Shredder's Revenge. This is probably one of the more high-profile or uh, high-profile, more high-profile announcements. It yeah, is, is a, a brawler. A new, a new 2D beat-em-up uh, similar to the other uh, TMNT games like Turtles in Time, I know is the really popular one. Uh, I love that they kept the like pixel art style. It has that modern pixel art style where the animations are really fluid and uh, they're really bright and colorful. Uh, I love the look of it. As someone who uh, just recently got the Scott Pilgrim re-release, like it very much gave me uh, vibes of that. So I don't know, could be cool. Yeah, I think it looks great. Um, I you know we'll, we'll see on that one, but yeah, I'm I'm interested. It's from uh, Dot Emu, who they've been doing like revivals of old games. I believe they're the ones making Wood Jammers too. <laughs> All right, cool. So this is kind of their thing. Um, so yeah, excited. That's that's exciting, especially for those who are nostalgic for it. So that's great. Uh, Chris Dales, this is one we've seen before for sure. It's um, it's a turn-based RPG with a really cool artistic style. Um, and I think the gimmick is like one half of the screen is the future and the other half is the past and the middle is the present. I don't know. It seems interesting. Yeah, it seems like it has the capability of just getting really complicated, which uh, could be pretty fun. Yeah. Uh, Skull the Hero Slayer. It's a 2D roguelike. Um... I don't know. It, it is, like, when I say that, what you have in your head is probably <laughs> accurate. <laughs> yeah, it gave me uh, the very similar style to Dead Cells. Uh, yes, it does. It very look much like looks Dead like Dead Cells. You can um, swap your head to be different characters, which I thought was pretty cool. But, um, yeah, it's one I'll keep my eye on. If it's a good price, then maybe I'll look into it. Yeah, um, it's one that, like, I can't say grabs me, but it does. it does look like it's quality. So now this one was um, something interesting because this seems not from a indie developer, so it's kind no, of no. This is here. um this this does not belong, but I'm glad we saw it. <laughs> uh, 
Okay, I'm, I'm going to butcher this. This is Getsu Fumaden Undying Thank Moon. <laughs> Thank you. Uh, um, uh, Getsu Hacken Fumaden, this is the... from Konami. <laughs> yes, it is Konami. I don't know why they're in the indie showcase, but here they are. Uh, Getsu Fumaden, this is the second game in the series. What? Uh, the, <laughs> the first one was, I believe, an NES game. Oh. Okay. Interesting. Um, I only know this because uh, Castlevania, the there's like a weird fighting game on the 360 or the PS3 digital store. Um, I don't know, but it had a DLC where you could fight Getsu Fumaden enemies. <laughs> uh, and from what it looks like, the original game has a lot of like similarities. It's like a more Eastern Castlevania. Um, cool. So seeing a revival of that is pretty interesting. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I think this looks dope. It's got a cool style. It did make me think it was because um, Platinum just put out an Apple Arcade game <laughs> that has a very similar look to it that I really want to play. Uh, so I thought it was that at first, but it's not. But this looks cool. I'm I'm into it. Um, yeah, it just super does not belong in the showcase, though, I will say. If... It is kind of shitty if it did take up somebody else's spot. <laughs> um, you know, maybe maybe everybody just forgot who Konami was because they haven't put out a game so well. So maybe they're like, oh, this new <laughs> indie publisher. <laughs> wow, look at this crazy new indie publisher called Konami. Yeah. Um, then they had a montage. Um, Fez is coming to Switch. I think it's already out on Switch, yeah. Yeah. Um, cool. Fez is critically acclaimed. I never got around to it, but neat. I played it a um, little bit and fell off. It got too uh, sprawling for me. <laughs> yeah. Beasts of Marvella Island. This one I'm into. It's a 3D action adventure game about uh, taking photos. <laughs> looks, I think it looks cool. Um, you know, it's wildlife photography, so think Pokemon Snap, but not on rails, seemingly. Um, I don't know. I'm into it. Uh, we'll see on that one. That one might be one that because it is about photography that I would say fidelity might be important. So I don't know if the switch version will be ideal. We'll see. Um, so I don't know that that's an interesting one to bring to this system. Um, Art of Rally. This is a really stylish like racing game. I really like the look of it. Um, but shout out to that. Kiwi. I missed. I'm not really sure what Kiwi is. <laughs> um, Kiwi looks like a, a co-op puzzle game where you play as kiwis and you have to do like um they like hop around on typewriter keys <laughs> and there's just a bunch of puzzles with that i don't know it looks super charming but um i don't know i haven't played a cooperative puzzle game in a while so we'll see how that pans out yeah um that's your other titles here this is the problem with these montages as i'm looking at these i'm like i don't remember <laughs> yeah like ender lilies um, i don't super remember yeah. uh, weaving tides labyrinth city uh those ones i just i'd have to watch the trailer again but they seem you know they seeing them in the montage i'm like that could be neat but not really jumping out at me yeah um the only one this is another one too that i'm weird like is this an indie game <laughs> house of the dead remake <laughs> yeah uh, uh okay <laughs> classic rail shooter from the arcades um, I've never played one of these games, so I'm inherently interested because I, you know, people who like them really like them. The arcades and the Dreamcast. Oh yes, 
<laughs> Who um, could forget the classic it's come House up a of the lot. Dead? This series has come up a lot because I guess House of the Dead 4 is on PS3, and it's one of the only places you can get it, from my understanding. Um, so obviously with the store closing stuff happening, that has come up a bunch. So that series has been on the forefront of my mind, but I've never played one. Um, so that's interesting, but yeah, I don't know if that counts as an indie game, guys. <laughs> We're stretching <laughs> we got... that definition, I think. Yeah, a little um, bit. Cool, but yeah, all in all, a great showcase. I, I think everything there looked promising, even if stuff wasn't for me, um, which is a good sign. So shout out to that. Um, quick, quick hit here: PlayStation and Firebox Studios announced a publishing partnership for a new original multiplayer RPG. Just pulled this from the PlayStation blog. It's that's really all the information we have. Um, it's a really nice write-up if you want to read it um, from, I guess, the head of that studio. But yeah, no, no real details. Um, it's got a bunch of people who've worked on big games before. Like some some of the names that jumped out to me were people who worked on Guitar Hero, which is interesting. Um, and then like I think Pixar was called out too. So I don't know what that is. From the write up, it kind of makes it seem like it'll be more games as a service, so more like a Destiny than anything else. But we'll see. Just something to keep in mind for the future. And you said this was the Firewatch team. No, Firewatch. No. Firewalk Studios, who okay. is, a, I believe, a new, newly formed developer. Okay, because I'm still waiting on that new Firewatch game. Uh, that is not happening. I know. They got absorbed into Valve, and uh, from their comments, it just seems like that game is that game is suffering the fate that Half-Life Three is suffering, oh, which is dear. real. What a bummer. Um, let's talk about PlayStation Video Pass because that. That's an interesting thing that crept up a couple days ago. Yeah, this is um, a service that was uh, apparently leaked from PlayStation.com. Uh, apparently, they're also testing it in Poland. But this is a uh, add-on benefit to PlayStation Plus, and it just has like some movies with it. <laughs> Uh, yeah. So the one on this little key art is Venom, Zombieland, Double Tap, and Bloodshot, which I believe are all Sony published movies. Yep. So, I mean, cool. Honestly, like, it's not going to, like, if it costs extra on top of Game Pass, then it's not worth it. But if it's just added with, or PlayStation, with Plus. PlayStation Plus, yeah. Um, if it's just on top, then sure, whatever, it couldn't hurt. Um, there was something also from this report that videos and like movies won't be on their digital storefront yeah they announced that a while ago that they are discontinuing the like movie rental stuff they have on there because right now I... you could just oh yeah i completely forgot PSN. that they even did that so yeah see i think that's why <laughs> <laughs> yeah uh they said um, your existing purchases will still be able to access but you can't buy new ones so whatever um power season one and snowpiercer are the two oh. things i think i own from psn Ooh, fun so um yeah that's yeah, it's interesting yeah. to include especially since like i feel like the sort of free movie free tv show streaming content market is getting really oversaturated with so many different streaming services um but i mean if i don't have to pay extra for it then it couldn't hurt yeah, that's the thing, is if it's just a free add a bonus, sure. Hell yeah, more value. Um, 
you know, I'll watch Bloodshot. That looked like some dumb fun. I'll watch Venom again. It was, it was fun. I didn't even bother to see Venom, but for free, maybe. <laughs> hey, there you go. <laughs> um, all right. Let's talk about some good news. Yes. If you listen PS3 to our previous episodes, PS this is very Vita good news. Stores will live on. <sighs> we did it. We did it, everybody. The PS3 and PS Vita lives. Vita means life. Fucking fuck the PSP, though. <laughs> yeah, no, that's that shit's still dead. But the Vita's alive. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I, I, let's talk on that negative first. Um, yeah, PSP store still closing, which still sucks. Um, so if you want to get those games digitally, get them now. Um, luckily, I'm pretty sure a lot of PSP games did make their way to the Vita store. So they'll be available there. And I do think you can buy some to the PS3 store and then transfer them to the Vita. But yeah, just a heads up on that. That's still unfortunate. And I, I'm kind of holding that hope they also reverse that. But we'll see. Yeah, because um, isn't there a digital only PSP? Yes. Okay, so that sucks. <laughs> yep, um, it is unfortunate. Uh, luckily, those are very easy to crack. Not that that makes it <laughs> good, It doesn't make but... it okay, but like no. it, there's a workaround. Yeah. Um so yeah. Yeah, that's unfortunate. Um You grabbed a bunch of stuff here. Do you want to run through some of this? This is literally just copied from the blog. Okay. Um this is a quote from Jim Ryan. I won't read the whole thing, but uh the poll quote was um he said, quote, Upon further reflection, it's clear that we made the wrong decision here. So today I'm happy to say we will be keeping the PlayStation Store operational for PS3 and PS Vita devices. And then PSP Commerce functionality will retire on July 2nd, 2021 as planned. Um, we, When we initially came to the decision to end purchasing support for the PS3 and Vita, it was born out of a number of factors. Um, including commerce support challenges for older devices and the ability for us to focus our more of our resources on newer devices where a majority of our gamers are playing on. Uh, we see now that many of you are incredibly passionate about being able to continue purchasing classic games on PS3 and PS Vita for the foreseeable future, so I'm glad we were able to find a solution to continue operations. Yeah, um good i this yeah basically it's like okay a lot of you yelled at us for discontinuing this so here you go you can have it back yeah um this is all good news um i think to me it says a lot about like i i do think that they still want to close these stores so i don't expect them to stay up forever still but i think it leaves the door open for them figuring out a solution to make sure stuff is backwards compatibility with at least ps5 um i think that is now necessary if they want to reopen the conversation about closing these stores um yeah since they got such an outcry of you can't close these then if they do want to close them they have to move the whole store to an available platform basically yep they need to figure that stuff out um yeah uh positive news all around um yeah we talked at length about this in previous episodes about how bad it was to shut it down and how you'd miss out on a lot of things so seeing that that's not no longer an issue for the foreseeable future. Um, definitely really good news to hear. Especially for the Vita. Um, I don't think we talked about this last time because it, had, it hadn't been uh, reported on, but the Vita, there were still developers putting out new games for that system. Oh, and yeah. As of <laughs> two weeks before the <laughs> announcement they made, they were still sending out Vita dev kits. 
which is like so fucked. So <laughs> hey, here's a game like, that won't be able to be bought to... deals <laughs> digitally. Yeah, yeah, it was super fucking over those developers. So I'm I'm really glad that they will be able to release those games. And also that I think this put a lot of eyes on that system in particular. So hopefully there'll be even more of a market there for this for that stuff. Um, yeah, and hopefully those physical Vita games will trend down in price again because a lot of them I mean, were really expensive. Even PS3 games. Like, yeah, that's true. PS3 games were getting rough. Like we ran to our used game store to get some stuff, and like like stuff that I've been looking at for a while. Like fucking Ratchet and Clank HD Collection went up to like eighty dollars. <laughs> Yeah, when they announced that this was going down, so yeah, so hopefully that stuff will become a little bit more accessible. Or Um, even if it even if it doesn't trend down physically, the digital is always an option. So there's still a cheaper way to play it. Yeah, well, it's just like those games that you know will be lost forever when that stuff does close. Stuff like the Puppeteer and Rain and all that stuff. Like you know, hopefully we get to keep that stuff. Um, Yeah, good positive news there. yeah, R.E.P. those people who thought they could make, like, $400 off the puppeteer or whatever on eBay. <laughs> <laughs> it's a um, it's a win for all except for scalpers. Let's get into our sort of topic of the show here. And we're going to do our review for Very Little Nightmares. Um, as you know, if you're keeping up with the feed, we are talking about the Little Nightmares series. Um, this game, we just just time-wise and stuff. We didn't really feel like it maybe warranted a whole full episode of editing and recording. Um, So we're just going to cover it here. It'll be sort of a shorter review. Don't expect a full thing. Um, Impressions. I I think we could probably spoil it at the end. We'll warn you if if you're worried about that. But yeah, it's it's a very short release, so no worries there. Um, Yeah, so let's let's dive into it. Released on iOS May 30th, 2019, and on Android December 10th, 2019, um, it is a entry in the Little Nightmares series. <laughs> yeah, uh, obviously published by Bandai Namco, because they have the license for that, but this one was developed by Alike Studios, uh, not by Tarsier, uh, which, you know, is understandable. It's a mobile spinoff. They're not, they're probably busy. <laughs> Um, but Alike Studio, I did look this up. Alike Studio is a uh, indie dev team from Spain. Um, they're located in Barcelona. Uh, it was started by two brothers, Mark and Zavi Terrace. Uh, I don't, I didn't get an exact uh, like number on how many devs they're up to now. Um, but they they specialize in animation and mobile games. Uh, they have four games so far. The first was Love You to Bits in 2016. Uh, then they had Bring You Home in 2018. Uh, I think both of them are like five bucks on the Android Google Play Store last I've checked. Um, and then this game, Very Little Nightmares in 2019. And then their latest one is All of You, um, which came out in 2020. And that one is only available on Apple Arcade as of now. Apple Arcade, huh? Um, they were also on the animation team for the days. game, the mobile game Tiny Thief, which came out in 2014. Uh, that's kind of where they got their start, and then they have these games now. Cool. Did you look into the gameplay of any of these? Do they play like Very Little Nightmares, or are they different? Uh, I believe they're different. Uh, the only one I actually saw gameplay for was Tiny Thief, which I know they didn't develop. <laughs> um, they just animated, and that was like a 2D action 
styled game. Uh, yeah, I didn't really look into it, but they seem to be... Uh, a couple of them won some good mobile game awards back in the day, and they seem to have their fans, so good on them. Cool. Yeah, I might check some of that stuff out then, because I, I did enjoy this game. Um, it should be noted, we say this is a mobile game. It is not free to play. Um, it is a premium, in quotes, it's a couple dollars purchase. It's only about, I don't know, would you say two hours? Two hours long, probably? Yeah, around two to three. If you're If you're going for all the collectibles, you could probably get about three. Yeah, it's a you know it wraps up. It doesn't. Uh, how much? For... How much was this game when you bought it? So, so I fucked up. <laughs> I went to buy it at first, and I couldn't remember my iOS password because I almost never buy anything from the app store. Uh, and it was like four bucks, and I was like, cool. Uh, went out to go get it a couple days later. It was like seven dollars. <laughs> I was like, damn it. Oh, you missed a sale. Yeah, yeah, I think I got it when it was like a dollar on a sale, so I couldn't remember God. how much it actually was. Damn, yeah. Yeah, it was, I think it was like $7 when I got it. Um, still not. You know, that's totally fine. Totally yeah, worth it for that bad. price. Um, <clears throat> yeah, so gameplay, it's... it's um, I think I would most compare it to Monument Valley, if you remember that old game. <laughs> If you remember that old game, you know, one of the best mobile games ever made. Uh, I, I was thinking about it. I haven't played that game. Like, it's old <laughs> at this point. Yeah, it's there's, been a long time. There's two of them, and then there's also DLC for the first game. I love those games to bits. I adore their soundtracks. The no, that's a different them. game they made. Is what? the? Love you to bits. It's a joke. <laughs> oh. Dumb. Ignore me. <laughs> you, Keep talking. You got me on that one. <laughs> Keep talking. <laughs> Um, yeah, so Monument Valley, I, when I jumped into this game, I was very much, it's the same control, (laughs) like you click on the, you're in these isometric puzzle situations, you click, or click, you tap on the screen where you want the character to move, and then you do that, interact with the environment to solve puzzles. Uh, it controls exactly the same. The only difference really here is that you can double tap the location to have the character run to that location rather than walk. Uh, there's a couple moments where you'll need to run from something or you'll need to walk so that you don't break a bridge that you're walking on or startle an enemy. So yeah, it's, uh, it's simple, you know, it's a mobile game. It doesn't have to be complicated. And, uh, I think it does what it's trying to do really well. Yeah, I think it's I think it's pretty good. I don't think it's comparable to the main experiences, but you know, I'm not necessarily expecting it to be. Um, I think of it, my criticisms. I think initially, I think the art, while it's good, it doesn't make that impact the the core games do. Um, yeah, the lighting is a lot more static, which I know it's a 2D, um, you know, mobile game. They're not going to have these like swinging lights that the main games do, but I mean, they um, could. Like it's like. Mobile gaming has progressed in a way that, like, you could expect a game like Little Nightmares to show up on there and run fine. Um, granted, yeah, my, this is my a main spin-off. issue is that this game drains my so, battery as is. <laughs> so, yeah, I, I should say I'm playing this on an iPhone 10, so relatively modern. I guess a couple years old at this point. I don't, what are you on? Uh, I'm on an S9 Plus, I believe galaxy s9 plus so yeah it's it's a little old but it i didn't have any issues with it at all yeah um so yeah i, I think the art is just a little it, it's good but it is it definitely doesn't have the character the other games do yeah um, it tones back the horror aspect too, as well Yeah, 100 percent 
it is totally and completely designed to be a mobile game in the sense that it is vertical it is designed for you to play it with one hand um which i think is interesting um because i don't feel like they had to do that i think that because of the atmosphere even if this game's atmosphere is scaled back from the horror stuff it still wants you to sit and pay attention to it 100 percent. i feel like not doing that playing this like on the bus or whatever would do it a disservice so i find it interesting that they still designed it around that yeah it's still the kind of game that at the start of it recommends you play with headphones yeah so like having it designed as a one-handed game is fine and i feel like for the most part wasn't a problem there was a couple scenes where i was like i wish this was horizontal so i could see ahead of me but that was only like once or twice um for the most part areas that are designed with the horizontal stuff in mind so it's fine it's just it's just a little odd to me because like it would have been fine as a two-handed experience because again it wants you to pay attention to it um uh, the other issues I have, um, there are a couple moments, and I stress a couple, like two, where it wants you to perform, where it, it basically becomes an action game. Where you yeah, need to it wants you to do stuff. quick actions. And that stuff sucks. It is not made for that at all. It feels like it's completely out of its wheelhouse and not playing to its strengths, and it, it was just frustrating. Um, but again, it only happens twice throughout the experience, um, at least to the problems that I thought it was a problem for me. Other times it's very smartly designed around the puzzles and, you know, a couple of very, very light stealth sequences um, that I guess have a t- t- tad bit of action, but it's more about waiting and then moving at the right time than it is about actually fast reflexes. Um, but yeah, those two sections are kind of miserable. Don't know why they're here. Um, but yeah, overall, I did enjoy the experience quite a bit. What did you think? Yeah, um, I played this... Again, kind of like the same way I played the first game where I really paced myself with it. Um, mainly just playing it in between other things when I had a chance. I was like, yeah, I'll boot this up on my phone and play it. Uh, it's very much designed around that. You know, each screen is just... There's very few, like, scrolling screens where it's multi-layered. It's like, here's just the one sort of vertical area. You solve the puzzle there, and then you walk through a door and move on. Or... Uh, there's a central room and then there's a couple sprawling rooms and each one is sort of self-contained but you take an item between them uh, so it's very digestible like that you can kind of pick up and play if you want to which is good for a mobile game um, yeah I found it to be enjoyable the puzzles aren't like on the same level as Monument Valley which I know is like oh no it's not um, it's, it's not quite fair thing. to it's criticize it that way but yeah, it definitely it just looks like that, but it's not like Monty Valley's being, you know, it's it's doing the MC Escher like staircase. It gets a different. It this is not that. <laughs> yeah, it's kind of how like the core Little Nightmares games, um, sort of just by their existence draw a comparison to Inside and Limbo. This one draws its into in its comparison to Monument Valley in its sense. Uh, yeah, which is not the, fair to either of them really so yeah i mean i think the limbo insight comparison is a little more valid with the main games because they do they do control that way whereas this one it just it's just visuals honestly like gameplay wise it's it's different <laughs> um, i guess that's a fair point um yeah i'm trying to think of anything else we can talk about Nons- oh, I do want to say the other hang-up I had, which is a specific hang-up to me, but in case anybody has these problems, there are a couple of puzzles that are that are um, that require you to look at background art. Um, 
whether it's painting or just something scribbled on a wall, that on the small screen for my bad vision sucked. And I had to look up solutions to them and go, oh, it's on the wall. And I just couldn't tell because it's very small. Um, yeah, so just there's a, a couple up. puzzles that were just like, um, and maybe it was just my actual playing environment. I played it in a very well-lit area, <laughs> perhaps too well-lit. Uh, and I didn't feel like turning my screen brightness up way too much. There's a couple things where like an area is just super dark and I couldn't quite see it. Or uh, as you said, there's a couple things where like, here's this weird scribbling on a wall and it happens to be the puzzle solution. So um, if you know that you can kind of look out for it, but um, I did result to looking up a guide a handful of times. Uh, this game doesn't have a built-in hint function, which I feel like it could and still be fine. Um but yeah which is doubly annoying on the phone because if you you know open the for my case when i open the browser it would close the game Uh, yeah because it's the same device so yeah so um so that so that is unfortunate yeah and yeah those there's like it's like three puzzles that do the wall stuff so it's not that many but it, it does happen and that's that's annoying one in particular that involves you flipping over paintings um that I, I could not tell what was on the paintings. <laughs> so Yeah, there's like, and it's like the, they're weird, you know, little nightmares, distorted faces, and you have to make sure they're like flipped the right way. And you can't quite, some of them you can't even quite tell which way's the right way up because they're so distorted. And you're like, okay, I don't know. Yeah, well, it's just pixely. Like at that point, it's a resolution problem. Um, yeah. Um, but yeah, overall, enjoyed the experience with those, those couple of negatives. But yeah, let's... um. Let's let's move on to a little bit more spoilery stuff. There's not, I mean, it's not really story heavy, so don't worry about it too much. But if you are going to play it, we're, we'll we'll talk about some more specific things. So yeah, you know. well, and this game I believe is actually canon to the other two Which, games. Yeah, you said, and I want to know how because I, you know, to pull back the curtain, we already we already talked about Little Nightmares two, um, that I'm currently editing, and I made the assumption this game wasn't canon, so it is slightly canon. Okay. Okay. Yeah, I want to hear about that. So yeah, if you don't want to know, stop listening now. We'll we'll see you next time. Uh, but yeah. So yeah. How next up on game? the feed will be Little Nightmares Two. Um, yes. And then after that, we'll have another report. So be sure to tune back in for that. Yep. So how is this canon? Uh, so the ending specifically. You know how um, your character gets ambushed by the the pretender, who's the little the small girl with the beehive hairdo yeah um and then they both fall into the water and then you see the raincoat come up um Mm. that character the character you play as for the whole game dies (laughs) now that would be a problem for canon if you assumed the main character was six uh which which it's not (laughs) which would be a fair assumption (laughs) yeah since it's the same yellow raincoat and it looks like yeah no it's not six um you can kind of tell by as she's falling, she her hood comes off, and you can see this like big long braid with a bunch of red ties in it, which is not Six's hairstyle at all in any of the games. No, um, I didn't notice that, but also it might be a vision problem. Uh, yeah, I mean it is fine. Um, so the other character that you rescue and then helps you escape, that's Six. Huh. Um, so this character that you play as. Uh, which I believe is just known as the raincoat kid or the girl in the yellow raincoat, you know, because there's not really any other information for a name. Um, she helps Six escape the 
the nest, as it's called, this big mansion that's sitting on its own little cliffside island. Um, and then six, uh, in the post credit scene, which I missed because I just closed the app after the credits ended, or the credits started going. Um, in the post credit scene, you can you see six climb down the cliff and then get on a raft, and uh-huh. presumably that then leads to her um, landing, which leads into one of the Little Nightmares 2 comics, uh, where then she gets captured, and that leads into Little Nightmares 2, and I won't spoil that. Um, So, yeah, uh, the raincoat, I guess, then just kind of drifted to (laughs) the next game. Yeah, Uh, I don't know if I want to give them that. (laughs) (laughs) that's a little okay also i watched the credits i did not get a post credit scene maybe you have to go to the collectibles yeah i don't know i just looked it up on youtube that's how i saw Hmm. it but um interesting yeah so it's assumed that then little nightmares 2 it's like she had some connection to the yellow raincoat girl and that's why she wears the raincoat in the other games and um yeah so it's it's weird. Um, there's also, I think we mentioned it in the next episode, which we've already recorded, uh, that the craftsman making the dolls uh, then kind of ties into Little Nightmares 2 as well. Um, maybe. Like, we don't fully know. There's, It's very ambiguous. But, uh, yeah. yeah. So it's, like, in some ways, canonically the very first game, depending on whether or not you think 2 is a prequel or sequel. Uh, VLN is still canonically the first game and then it kind of ties into whatever comes after it okay okay Um, very loosely not in a way that like you need to play this one but it's like okay all right yeah okay interesting um I want to shout out the entire puzzle sequence with the bedroom we had to get the gnomes to jump on the bed I really enjoyed that even if it has the dumb picture part (laughs) aside from that yeah I had a lot yeah. of fun with that one. Um, uh, I actually missed the the slide in the playroom. <laughs> I did too, and then I went, oh, it's a slide. Yeah, I looked uh, that one up. I'm like, I'm missing one somewhere, and it's like, oh, you go down the slide. I'm like, oh, I just went back down the ladder. <laughs> yeah, I did too. I, I didn't realize you could interact with that bit. Um, yeah, uh, cool, cool bit. Um, and then the bit immediately after that too, where you have to walk and sit on a chair to avoid the enemy. Yes, um, I thought that was pretty fun. That's like the only like horror-y bit where I felt like, oh, this is tense and cool. Um, that kind of got me that way. Um, other than that, I'm trying to think if there's any other sequences that I really... I mean, it was all pretty good, if not standout-ish. Um, yeah, the um, the propeller sequence where you, you go into the trash heap and there's the trash monster. Oh, that yeah. you don't see. Um, I found that, that too tower. the um it also kind of weirdly ties into the very opening shot where the girl in the yellow raincoat comes in in a hot air balloon so it's like that's where a lot of the kids maybe like maybe that's how six got there um and then there's plane wreckage because they keep crashing into this house that's up on a cliff i don't know yeah um that's where that that's one of the sections that frustrated me with the tower and you have to dodge the debris yeah that one was tricky um and then the final chase sequence as you're escaping the butler 
um i died so many times to that yeah that was one where i was just like i'm not dealing with this guy <clears throat> and the guide maybe they updated it, but the guide i looked at was like and you have to do this whole thing without checkpoints and thankfully there were checkpoints on mine so yeah there's um there's a checkpoint halfway through and then a, another checkpoint halfway through the second half so at about the three yeah. quarter mark so it made it tolerable but yeah that's that sequence is bad and so is the tower climbing bit um but yeah, I mean, overall, I, I did enjoy it. Um, I, I don't think there's anything else I want to call out in particular, honestly. Yeah. Anything um, on your end? It, not really. I think it's, you could do a lot worse with a mobile game. Um, this being a paid game, I feel like it avoids a lot of the other mobile game trappings that I have issues with, with like overabundance of ads or microtransactions. Like obviously you already paid for the game. They're not going to put that in there, but um, you know, for a solid short little mobile experience it's not bad yeah totally i completely agree um uh well to be honest we're mostly reviewing it here at for a sense of completion so that we've reviewed all three of them but uh i don't feel like my time was wasted playing it no i don't either i mean i i would you know it's one of those things where i i enjoy the series i would probably you know put this one at the bottom of that but that's not to say it's bad by any means um <clears throat> Yeah, uh, good time. Uh, if you stuck that out and listened, thank you. Um, next up on the feed, of course, like we mentioned earlier, will be Little Nightmares 2, which I'll, I'll spoil a little bit and say is a banger. Yes, it's very good, fun. Yeah. Um, uh, and then we also just did Little Nightmares 1, of course, which you can listen to, uh, which is already up. And after that, we are playing through Prey. Um, yes, the week after Little Nightmares 2, we'll have another report, and then after that will be Prey, not the 2017 one, the 2006 one. Yes, uh, we're doing both Prey games. We were going to lead into Deathloop, and then and then they said no. <laughs> but we're still doing <laughs> Prey, um, which is, it's an interesting one. Uh, I, I can't wait to record that one. So, yeah, tune in for that, and... If you'd like to keep up with the show, follow us on Twitter at SaveStationPod, where Connor does a great job keeping up with that. Connor, where can the people find you on Twitter? Yeah, you can follow me at ConiferSSR. Um, just posting whatever stuff. Um, where can the people find you, Dustin? They can find me at DustinHDragon on Twitter. And yeah, hope you enjoyed the episode. As always, be good to each other. Yeah, and take care. Bye.